Thanks for joining for this episode of the Techspective podcast. Uh, my guest is uh, Soren Peterson. Uh, so, Soren, if you could uh, give a little bit of your uh, you know background and 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 where you're at and what you're doing now, and uh, yeah, we'll kick things off. Sure. Thank you, Tony. Uh, as you said, my name is Soren, and I'm calling in from from Denmark, a small Scandinavian country at the the northern part of of Europe. Uh, for the past 15 years, I've been part of the IT industry in a couple of interesting large companies. Uh, I've done products for Bang & Olufsen, which is a high-end uh, audio brand. And, you know, like 10 years ago, we already started automating and doing kind of DevOps things without really knowing. We're going down that path, uh, continuous integration and so on. Uh, and later on, I spent uh, three years at uh, Lego, which is a quite famous company in the big world. Uh, building the uh, Lego.com homepage, helping them move along to a cloud solution and sustaining the whole DevOps concept in, in Lego, bridging between uh, development and operations. So that's kind of my background. And then for the past four years, I've been an independent consultant where I help uh, companies realize the benefits of DevOps and Agile and, and really bring some more development pace and efficiency into their setups. Okay. Um I was, you know, way back, you know, in, in, in a former life, uh, you know, so probably it's you know 15 years ago now, um, I was a, you know, security consultant, security architect. I was, I was on the security side of the fence instead of being on the marketing and journalism side of the fence. And one of my jobs, uh, you know, w when I was at EDS was, um, the, you know, the developers would create an application and then I would do a security assessment of it. Uh, and, th and that security assessment was like the second to the last step before it was supposed to be released uh, to production. So basically they've, they've gathered requirements, they've, you know, done their development, they've gone through all of these things. And at the very end, they hand it to me and they say, Hey, can you, can you assess this and, and let us know how it is from a security perspective? And, you know, and, and at that point, it's like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, uh, if, if I find a bunch of flaws, now I'm the bad guy telling you that you have to scrap everything you just spent, you know, six months on and, and go back to ground zero. Um, you know, and, and my boss told me at the time, you know, he was like, look, you know, we're not we're not trying to be the, you know, the, the roadblock here per se. You know, we're, we're not going to be the ones to tell them you can't release this. What we are going to do is document the issues and 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 tell them and basically say if you release this these are the risks you're accepting <laughs> like um, i'm just letting you know this is this is what's wrong with it and then that's on you now um so when you know i i told you before we started recording that uh you know a, a number of years ago um you know my friend alan schimmel called me up he said hey i'm launching this thing called devops.com what do you know about devops and at the time i didn't know anything and as i looked into it my my thought my initial thought was you know wow this is such an improvement over what <laughs> over what we were doing when i was uh, in because, um because of the continuous nature of it and i actually i you know and, and it's funny because i actually wrote uh at, at least one i think i think more than one article kind of making fun of you know in, in a nice way making fun of the use of continuous like everything is continuous it's continuous integration it's continuous development it's continuous security it's continuous monitoring it's like and that, that's kind of like the hallmark of devops is that it, it's continuous um 
but definitely, but definitely an improvement. You know, the, just the ability to, instead of having a, a beginning of you know a, a project and saying, okay, we're going to define the requirements and we're going to you know and and you know we're going to build this software and then at the end, you know, we're going to release it. This mindset of it's kind of a living thing and we're going to keep yeah. on uh, developing it and keep on reiterating. And, and, and there isn't this like nine month uh, development life cycle before you can release the product again. Uh, because that was the other thing we had is that if whatever changes I would introduce, like if, 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 it, if the security assessment came to me and I said, okay, you can't release this because it's got this flaw, you know, we, you know, that would be a, something they would include in, in like a, the next like six month, you know, roadmap, uh, six month release or whatever. And, um, you know, so the, the whole, the whole process, you know, 15 years ago was, uh, bad. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And I think you're so right that the continuous part is so huge in DevOps right now that it almost seems like a kind of churn, which perhaps isn't too nice. But I think one of the great things uh, that really came with DevOps is the mentality of shifting left. And now, now that you mentioned the security topic, I fluently recognize the, the whole thing where you go through a lot of development and you get to the end stage and somebody says, yeah, but guys, really, you should have thought about this, this and this. And I think the power in DevOps comes in where we start considering this as something upfront and continuous, uh, as you stated, where you who are engaged much earlier. Uh, and in, in my time in Lego as a company, there was a really good uh, security expert who would enable us as teams to, to conduct some of the security aspects and, and put in like a you know red light thing. So when you're exceeding these kind of boundaries, you need to have them in upfront. And otherwise, if you do these assessments and, and behave nicely, then you're pretty, pretty okay on that term. And I think that's a really, really good thing about DevOps because you're starting to bridge those parts of, of your development process. And right. obviously op operations is the second part, right? Well, and, you know, I, I, I because my background is security, I, I view things through that lens. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it was funny because initially my thought was, um, yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how security admins are going to, uh, feel about DevOps because just like just like development had six month or nine month uh, you know milestones and and that that's that's when you that you know those were the production release dates or whatever mm -hmm. you know, security at the time you know security five ten years ago was built around basically stability basically saying you know I've I've put these things in place and now I need everything to not change. You know, that's how I, that's how I know it's yeah. secure because I've given you, I've given you your laptop. I know exactly what applications are on it. Uh, I need you to not mess with that. I know, you know, and so to introduce the concept of things are going to constantly change, <laughs> yeah. I think it uh, was, was definitely a, 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 a culture shift, uh, from a security perspective. Um, but when I looked at it, I thought, yeah, but it's a really good culture shift. Because instead of instead of saying, "Hey, I have found this problem," um, you know, hopefully we can work on that and get it into the, the the release for you know six months from now. I can say, "Hey, I found this problem. We can fix it by lunch." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And it opens up a a lot of doors for for rapidly fixing your issues. 
uh, whether they are security or a box or whatever. I think one of the challenges I have been really a bit astounded about is uh, is the understanding of that by going faster, deploying faster, you have to to come to a point where you realize that you're actually reducing risk quite significantly compared to your old approach where you'd say, okay, the way I reduce risk is I build a big list, I continue to monitor and track and, and try to mitigate. Sometimes you just have to accept the risk, like you said. This is a security risk. You're okay to release for all I care, but uh, you should be aware of. And, and I think that has been the hardest part uh, in transforming organizations, getting to that kind of mindset and understanding at the bottom line. And especially if uh, if you're not a hardcore DevOps developer kind of guy, right? It doesn't make sense. You, you, you're so used to the other way of working, right? Right. Well, and when I, you know, so again, I, 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 I view things through, through the lens of security, but when you look at it, it's, it, there are benefits, not even, it's not just for security. So like, let's say you put out some software and okay. people start to use it. And immediately you, you know, you know, hopefully you've, you know, you've done some sort of alpha beta testing and you, you know, you, you had some focus groups and, and, you know, whatever, but when, when you release it to production and more people start using it, um, you identify new issues and maybe all of a sudden it comes up that, you know, it get, you know, someone tries to use it in a different way than you anticipated and they come back and they say, Hey, you know what you really needed, uh, you know, there needs to be a button that does this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so just like you know just like with security like the ability to just add that feature um you know to to go back in and, and say okay let's 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 fix that and have that be fixed in you know a day or two as opposed to you know at the end of the year um is huge um yeah. and and you know i i don't know that it's directly related or related at all to devops but the world in general switched to the constant update model you know like you know to, to me it, even before you know alan schimmel called me up and even before i heard of devops it was uh the 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 smartphone it was you know having an iphone and, and or or an android phone or whatever that that uh to me kind of changed that model of well, you know we don't have to wait for there to be like a whole new version of this you know we can just push out updates that, that yeah. you know on a regular basis that that change the functionality and then you know you look at what microsoft did going from windows 7 to you know whatever and, and now with windows 10 it's like you know once upon a time there was like the once every year or once every 18 months they'd release a security pack and that was like this massive install and you know, uh, or, 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 you know, you'd have a couple security packs and then you'd have to get a new version of windows. And it was like always a major thing. And now with, you know, with windows 10, it's like, you know, they just add features, you know, you just, you know, all of a sudden you just get a, you get a little update and, and there's some new stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think as you said, the, the smartphone market really pushed the boundaries on that one because they created this whole sandbox environment and, and marketplace. Where, where companies could deliver. Uh, but you know, the security case, uh, I want to, to share an experience I had. So in my days in Bang & Olsen, where we did embedded hardware and firmware, shipped it to customers, high-end customers who would just return the portfolio if they were dis- disagreeing with what we're doing. We had the case of the Heartbleed vulnerability coming out on the Linux course. 
And had we not taken the path of, of being DevOps and automating a lot of stuff and trying to do things in a good manner, we would not have been able to, to respond to that vulnerability within a few days in a global market space. And, and I think that's a good proof of why you really need to to get into this motion and, and get into the mindset where you actually don't see it as a risk, but an opportunity to, to release software often and, and respond to critical errors in the market. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was, you know, I, I, I told you that I, I used to write much more frequently and much, you know, uh, much, you know, uh, on, on the topic of DevOps and now I don't, I don't as much. So I, I'm, I, I still follow it, but not nearly as much as I, I used to. Um, but when I was writing about it frequently, it was, it was newer. I mean, we, at that point it was still sort of you know, cutting edge for, for companies to be doing DevOps. And, you know, and obviously over the last, you know, five, six years or whatever, it's become much more mainstream and, you know, pretty much everybody is on, on board on some level. But the thing, one of the things that, um, you know, one of the things at the time, and I think it's, it's still somewhat true is there was, you know, this, this struggle to even define, well, what is DevOps and and you know and 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 the thing is it kind of meant different things to different organizations and and you know and I think what started off as as really purely a I mean it's got it's got Dev right in the name I mean, what started off as just a, a kind of a, an evolution of from waterfall to agile to DevOps in terms of you know development and and what that meant um, and and the intersection of where development was going with at the same time infrastructure itself becoming more software based and and infra, you know in, infrastructure is code and that kind of thing it really kind of changes the game from a development perspective but companies have then taken dev the concept of devops the concept of removing silos and breaking down barriers and 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 empowering people to just you know go go do things and applied it at the whole, you know, the whole company level. Like it doesn't matter. You're in human resources. You're in accounting. You know, whatever, wherever you're working, you know, you can still apply some of the cultural aspects of of DevOps. Um, so I'm curious, like when you know, you say you're doing independent consulting, as you as you work with companies. Do, you know what 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 do you see like you know, like are do 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 different companies have different perspectives and 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 you know when you when you walk in the door um you know do you have to first try to kind of gauge well what what do they think devops is or 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 help them understand or you know what, what's the current state of that yeah so my typical experience entering a, a company is uh, when they're starting to to go into the DevOps track, uh, and I think the adoption rate is quite higher in the states than in Europe, where I'm at. But that is first of all making sense of all of it, because it's a very large theme, and uh, companies are often slightly confused. They they tend to lean towards the Dev and Ops part of the whole uh, whole uh, theory and and setup, but in reality when we have the talks, they understand that we're actually talking a lot more culture and a lot more about behavior and leadership than we're talking about moving bits and bytes from, from a developer to a server nowadays. Because DevOps, in my mind, has grown quite a bit from 
being just dev and ops trying to fix the trenches between those two departments and into, you know, you can also get the DevSecOps and the DevSecML ops and, and naming, right? And in essence, we're looking for bridging organization. We're looking to remove all the waste generated by having silos or center of excellence and departmental responsibilities and move that into a shared context where we all work towards the same target of satisfying our customers. And that is, that is a guy just recently said to me, that's quite an eye-opener because I just thought it was about automating the delivery pipeline. And that is, that's not what DevOps is today. Right. But for sure, it started in, in the other part, right? Right. Well, and there, and like, uh, there are obviously um, a, a variety of tools and services out there that you can use for, you know, automation and integration. And, you know, you can use Chef and Puppet and, you know, you know just whatever, like all, all, all these tools out there. But one of the things that I think was, was sort of... Um, challenging for a lot of companies is there wasn't a simple like okay i want to do devops you know what sell me the devops product what do i buy <laughs> it's like yeah for sure there was no you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna go online and i'm just gonna go buy some devops like that's a, that's not a thing you can do because it really is it yes there are tools that facilitate it but it really is more about the culture and the mindset in my opinion uh you know like you i feel like you can have devops you you can you can embrace DevOps culturally um, without some of the tools, but if you have the tools and you don't have the culture, it's not going to work. Yeah, for, for sure. So one client I'm seeing currently, uh, they have a, a mainframe environment, and obviously the tool chain is not as as fully developed as if you'd go into a cloud environment where you have all the deployments, you have the infrastructure as code and so on, right? But we're still taking the path of getting, obviously, automation into place. But we are also a lot talking about how we're going to shape the culture and grow into an experimentation and, and learning-focused uh, organization in, in the long run. And, you know, uh, one of my experiences in Lego was obviously the same because they're highly developed and, and very skilled technically. But they had the split between DevOps. And the first thing I had to fix was to fix the relationship between our marketing developers and, and the operations team. Uh, and the way I sought to fix that was to spend two days a week uh, for the first half year in the operations team, building the connections, having the discussions, understanding who they were and where they're coming from and, and addressing some of their concerns to take those back to, to my part of the business and, and grow that kind of network. Cross. So I think that's that's what people tend to realize when they get into this track. Okay. Um, I know, you know, like one of the, one of the things that um, you um, you know work with with clients on, and 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 one of the things you kind of focus on, um, you know, have to do with maturity assessments, capability assessments. Mm -hmm. um, so give me like the high level, like, you know, it, it, when you go into a company, like what, you know, what's the value for them? Like, what, you know, why do they, why should they have the, why should they have these things in place? How does it help them? Yeah. So as, as many companies move in, in different directions and it, they, they really want to know where they stand. And since we're dealing with, of course, we, we look at the technology base and we look at the practical 
the stuff they do and so on. But we also do a cultural assessment. And that means taking apart the, the research behind the door report, reconstructing that into actual questions where we get a, a maturity measurement of their, their current setup. And then we feed that back into the organization and tell them, okay, so if we observe what you're doing and when we ask your organization what is really going on, you're kind of around this level. And typically that's uh, in a scale of one to five where they can say, okay, what does this mean and what do we need to do to move on from there? Uh, unfortunately, or well, it's, it's growing right now, there's not a lot of this stuff in the DevOps domain. I think the DevOps Institute just released a, a model on, of their own. So it's quite specified for each company and, and how you do that. But that really builds uh, an opportunity for the clients to, to select where they would put their emphasis when we explain what that means and what it does in terms of efficiency and, and reducing certain parts of waste in the organization. Okay. That, that's a, a fixed service, you could say. Well, yeah, I, I, and and I, I think that that's that's the you know, I think something like a maturity assessment is is important. Um, in, you know, for a, for a number of different uh, sort of elements in a company, not just not just their DevOps. Um, I think I think a lot of times um, companies try to do things that they they read about or you know they they hear you know, oh that's like that's the new cutting edge thing we should go we should do that you know like there you know there's there's an executive somewhere who's heard of this thing and so you you, you just kind of go oh, okay i guess we're gonna go do that um but a lot of times you you do have to step back and kind of like and say okay well but what what do we hope to get from it and where where are we at you know do we do we have the pieces in place to actually do this effectively and what do we hope to achieve um, out of this? And you know, I know that um, you know it comes up um, frequently. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen the conversation a number of times revolving around um, like uh, bug bounties. You know, companies you know, like should you have a bug bounty program? And it's like, well, you know, bug bounty programs are great, but your organization has to be prepared to address those <laughs> like just just you know like you know having having a bug bounty program or you know like if you don't have the pieces in place to you know communicate effectively and to, to you know take in what people are are finding and and do something with that knowledge to you know uh to to fix it and and, and address those problems then you know just saying you have a bug bounty program doesn't really solve anything no no for sure uh and i think the maturity assessments we do often, so we usually express them with uh, with the five levels, and it tells people what we expect from the next level, right? So that really builds a way to to understand and and grow a path for them to follow in in that organization. And since we're dealing with a, a cultural change mostly uh, in in organizations, we really advise not to aim for a maturity level. We, we tend to rather recommend that that's your continuous engagement of, of where your organization is going and where you're heading, and then do very focused initiatives in the organization, building capabilities and, and making sure people are starting to move in the, the direction you want to go. And you know, with the bug programs, it's like anything else. If you do it wrong, people will game it, and they'll, they'll tend to find bugs and stuff, which is really not helping your business either, right? Right. 
Um, are there, you know, you know I, I said earlier that I don't feel like there's an actual like DevOps tool, you know, like there isn't like a DevOps in a box you can just buy. Um, but there are, I, I, I think, a handful of tools that um, are sort of like, okay, but you, you know, you, you should have these pieces, you know, you should have like, you, you should have this sort of automation uh, for your development pipeline. You should, you know, you, there are certain things that, that make sense. Uh, and, and, and I remember too, that as, as DevOps became more mainstream, it, it very quickly went from uh, this focus on, on, on DevOps and automation to all the conversation with being around uh, containers and, yeah. Uh, and, and, and it went from containers to, you know, container orchestration and Kubernetes and, and, and that seemed to be, you know, kind of where things ended up. But, um, my, my, my question is sort of what tools do you think an organization should have? Like what, like what, what, what are the pieces that a, a company needs to have in place? So first and foremost and i think that's so basic that mostly all companies have it today you need a very good version control system right you need to have uh you need to have a steer on on what you're building and how you're you're combining that code at some point then you need a, a pipeline for for building running your tests your scripts and everything else so you can get to the continuous integration part and then you need a setup where you can start delivering and that's where i see the whole cloud part and, and infrastructure as a code or containers uh, or even maybe uh, functions as a service might be the level you add, Th those start to, to become required in, in my viewpoint. And if you can't get those bits and pieces into a line where you can prove the quality of your product efficiently and continuously to, to revert to that uh, word, uh, then you're not going to become DevOps at any point. You might do things in an agile way and so on, but, but that's at, at the core of it. And now we start to see some, some more value stream uh, aligned tools come out. I think Protoro just uh, released some of their stuff and, and they're kind of leading that field. And that's where I think we'll see the next step in the DevOps journey where you start integrating much more of the value stream and, and observing the, the business results of what we're really doing in DevOps. But that's the new ground for me, at least. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I feel like the, the, you know, it, it does get. I, I, I guess I can't really say it gets overused. Like it is the right word. I mean, but you know, when it when it comes to the continuous, um, and the thing is that you know those it 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 just makes sense when you when you look at it that the things that you're trying to do, um, you know, like I, again, I'm going to fall back on security. At one point in time. You know, we did antivirus uh, signature updates, you know, like once a month and then it was once a week and then it was once a day. And yeah. it's like, OK, but 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 viruses are coming out, you know. Thousands per minute, you know, <laughs> per hour, you know, it's like, you know, so so you know, you, it, basically as soon as you would release the signature update, you were already out of date. Um, yeah. And the same thing with like vulnerability scans, you used to do vulnerability scans, you know, once a year or once a quarter or once a month. And it's like, OK, well, so, you you know you know what your vulnerabilities were, you know, on June 1st, but mm -hmm. 
if you don't run the scan again until October 1st or whatever, then you're, you know, it's, it's kind of useless. And it's like, so, uh, so you need the continuousness. You, you need to be continually doing vulnerability scans, continually, continue, continually looking at and monitoring security. And, and it applies on the development side too. Like, why would you want to wait a week or a month to no, do No, those? no, no, no. I absolutely agree. And I, I think, I should. I probably overlooked that one because having uh, an OWASP or whatever security tooling you have available at your company in your value stream, it should just be part of what we're doing because that way you keep track of of your solution and make sure you don't inadvertently introduce something that'll harm you without you knowing. Uh, and I think one of the tools I've been part of implementing recently at a client is also a. a a log analyzer which has some AI built in so they can actually start analyzing incoming attacks, etc., runtime as well. So you also built that part into your understanding and, and future products. Uh, and that's becoming quite powerful as well. Uh, so that, that for sure security has a, a high spot in that setup as well, in my mind. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, to, the, to that point, I think one of the um, one of the best things uh, to come out of the the kind of DevOps revolution is that shifting left um, and and because security in most cases, like in in any in any good uh, in any good operation, security is part of the uh, part of the equation. Um, shifting that left and making that part of the continuous uh, conversation as well. For sure. Um, all right, so I wanted to, uh, you know, sort of start to to wind down, but I wanted to find out, like, what what am I not asking you? What 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 question? What question should I be asking you? Uh, you know, that that we that you know companies should focus on, and 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 what are, what you know what what are they missing? I, I think you should ask me about what is the biggest impediment for going DevOps in an organization. Uh, and my response to that uh, would be you need to get your budgeting and your way of approaching doing software development into a, a different mindset than, than a classical organizational breakdown. Because that's why you allocate funding to projects, you allocate it to different departments and so on. And you need to figure out uh, how to, to build budgets that actually follow the product and the development of the product. And, and some companies have solved this, but I see a lot of the traditional companies challenge themselves because they they are too firm and they can't figure out how to to channel the resources to the right places in the organization. So that's for sure one of the big topics on my part. And especially being in, uh, I usually consult with leaders at uh, direct or vice president and and C levels, right? That that's where I have some some great discussions on what you should be doing rather than the traditional financing structure of companies. Yeah, I can see that. And, and, and I think with a lot of things um, and and a lot of areas of DevOps and just progress in general, um, you know, you run into the problem of, okay, but that's not the way we do things or, you know, that's not the way we've traditionally done things. And, and, you know, you need to get everyone on board with the, uh, the idea of, you know, that we're, we're changing, you know, that, that, that just, just because that's the way we did it doesn't mean that's the way we're going to do it. 
No, I ab- I absolutely agree, and and you also mentioned it earlier that somewhere some uh, executive might say, okay, so we're going DevOps because that is really where the future is heading. But sometimes it's also necessary to understand what you're really asking for and what it means in the the you could say engine room of your business that you want your business people to be very closely related to the development teams and you want to bridge the whole operations gap and restructure that part. Okay. Um, what's the what's the you know biggest uh, you know question you get you know when you go to, when when you're when you're talking with uh, C level like what 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 question do you encounter most often? Uh, most often, I encounter the question of when are we there, right? So. I come from an iterative, uh, continuous perspective, right? So getting that uh, question always triggers me a bit because we don't know, quite honestly. We're dealing with cultural change, and they're kind of expecting a, a project plan because it's so basic in their ways of working. And, and that's always good fun when you get to that part, <laughs> I'd say. Well, and that fall that actually kind of ties back to what I was just saying about like the there there's the way we've always done things, and so you know if you're if you're used to saying we're going to do this project, it has a beginning, it has an end. You know, we're going to spend this much money. These are the resources we're going to dedicate to this, and then and then to shift, to, you know, come to to come, have someone come in and say, okay, we're going to adopt this this culture. And it's like, okay, well, you know, when does the project end? And it's like, well, it doesn't. It, <laughs> it it's, exactly. Well, it goes, you know, it's 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 continuous. Yeah, that that's kind of good fun <laughs> having those discussions. And I think the the challenge is often to get the the people to understand that. Well, if you're dealing with the cultural change, you can't force people to change, right? It's something you have to observe and how far you can go and continuously push the boundaries of, of what they're doing and their beliefs and attitudes. And then the only part you can do from there is really track it and, and keep focusing your effort. And and that's a big challenge. And that is probably at the heart of why some companies fail going agile or, or DevOps, because that's really so ingrown in their habit. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I actually just... Uh had a conversation earlier this week and, and wrote this article about uh, it was about company leadership and, and, and transitions there and like, you know, ch- having people leave and having new people come in and, and how that's perceived, you know, by both employees or the outside world. Like it, 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 it has a perceived negative connotation. Like there's, you know, volatility in the C-suite and uh, you know, there, there must be something wrong if people are leaving and, and the company's making these changes and, you know, I, I, I took the conversation uh, and the article from the perspective of of DevOps and saying, well, is it a bad thing? Like it's it's you did an iteration, you figured out what was working and what wasn't, and now you're reiterating. And, uh, you know, and 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 that seems fine. I th- and I think that, it, it, again, it's a kind of a cultural mind, uh, a cultural shift for, for people in terms of mindset where 30 years ago, the idea was you went to school, you got a job, you worked there for 40 years until you were done. 
Um, and now people tend to switch jobs much more often, uh, yeah. you know, two, three years. And, you know, that, and that it's just, a, it's just a shift in mindset in terms of, you know, does that mean, you know, th- you know, basically it doesn't have to be perceived as that anyone failed or that anyone did anything wrong. It's more like neither you as the employee nor, nor the company as the employer is, you know, married to that choice for forever, you know, like, yeah. like you can, yeah. you, you can figure out that it's not working and make a change. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, in, in my perspective, what is happening is that we're switching from, from an output mindset to an outcome mindset. So if we realize that the company is not really getting to the point where it should and could be in, in the market space, then we, we need to change the team. We need to, to change what we're doing to generate the right outcome of our business. And that's where, you know, the what I I, I totally agree. Uh, my parents also told me to get a good education and get a good job and at some point retire <laughs> at the end of that line, right? But but that was focused on output. That was focused on churning stuff out and not churning out the, you know, getting to an, a really good outcome. And right. I think that is, that is moving companies right now. Uh, so I absolutely agree with your viewpoint. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and I use the analogy of like professional sports teams, um, you know, and I, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here in, in Houston and, you know, we've got the, the Houston Rockets basketball team, which they've been very good for a number of years, but very good has only meant they get to the playoffs. They maybe get to the conference finals, mm-hmm. but not good enough <laughs> to win the whole thing. And eventually it's, teams have to, you know, and, and it's, it, it's a struggle because on the one hand you look and you go, yeah, but they, they're, they're really good. They are, they, they, they're, they're, they're right up there in the top two or three every season. They get all the way down to the end before, you know, they, they just can't cross the finish line. Um, and eventually you have to reiterate, you have to, you know, you know, sports teams look at that and they say, okay, well, you know, whatever pieces we have in place, they're not enough. You know, we need to, we need to shake some things up now. Un- unfortunately, the Rockets shook things up so much this year that they're in dead last place. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that's, that's a risk of experimenting for sure. I've never, I've followed NBA for many years. I used to play basketball for 20 years also, personally. So I have a, a close opinion to see that part. <laughs> but, right. yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, um, I, I, I guess we'll uh, kind of wrap things up there. But uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and, 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 you know, like we said, when uh, I think before we started recording, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've spent some time in Europe, but I've never uh, made it to Denmark. So that is definitely on my uh, sort of, top five to-do list you know if we ever get to travel again (laughs) yeah for sure but uh, thank you tony for for this great conversation i always appreciate having a a good uh, intellectual discussion on some of the key topics moving right now so that's cool and if you ever decide to come to denmark i'll make sure to hook you up with a few good proposals on what to see i'm sure the travel ban will disappear quite soon (laughs) awesome all right thank you very much I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast, but I also invite you to engage on social media. Uh, Please go like our Facebook page and follow at Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know 
what you like, let me know what you don't like, let me know if you love it, let me know if it sucks, and uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions you'd like to see answered in future posts.